The 217th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, throw away to Worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national Champion. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champion. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today to get you ready for the all-important matchup on Sunday with rival NC State. And we're going to break down the Wolfpack, tell you everything you need to know about Carolina, take a look back at the first matchup between these two teams, and of course, give our keys to the game, pick the game, and so much more, but we start every preview edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings, and we go to current NBA coach and uh, basketball Hall of Famer Greg Popovich, who said, quote, it's not about any one person. You've got to get over yourself and realize that it takes a group to get this thing done, and, you know, I think... You know, had we read that quote earlier in the year, that would have the, the the part of get this thing done would have been to win a national championship, win an ACC championship. Those right now aren't even you know goals for Carolina. Right now, the goal just has to, quite frankly, be to to make the NCAA tournament. Um, because as as things around the country heat up, uh, Carolina's standing with that committee isn't getting any any better. You've got schools that are winning important games. While Carolina continues to lose games, schools like Northwestern, who beat another ranked team last night, Texas A&M got a quality win last night over Arkansas. Those type of things are, are going to play a factor in, in, in into Carolina either making this field or not, and that's just the reality of the situation. Now, we've talked so much about Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott. At this point, it, you know those guys got got to get over themselves and realize. If they don't come together now, especially after that loss on Monday to Miami, then they're staring down just being one of the most underwhelming teams in the history of this program because a team that was preseason number one uh, shouldn't be 16-10. and 10. A team that was picked to win the conference shouldn't be 8-7, and seven, but that's the reality of the situation. Nobody's going to feel sorry for Carolina fans, especially the opponent that the heels take on on this Sunday. And if this team doesn't come together now, 
uh, what what's already been an underwhelming, disappointing season will continue with a with a likely miss of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's hard to really say during a season what where there is one game that determines the direction of the season. This this is this is it for Carolina. Like, if you don't win this game, if you don't show that you are a team capable of coming together and, and and playing for each other in this one against NC state, then it's hard not to think that it's over. Um, it, it's just, it's going to be so hard to try to recover from that because at that point, I mean, if you lose this one and it's not state is not a bad basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. It's more about the fact that Carolina just doesn't have quality wins. If they lose this game, they have to win every game the rest of the way. You would imagine. In outside of 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 making a run in the ACC tournament, which I think if we're if we're being honest with ourselves, that that's the mindset that Carolina's got to eventually get into probably. But for right now, I mean, the focus has to be on just just finding a way that you can play with each other because it doesn't seem like that is happening. And you saw it for one game against Clemson. The other night, I, I mean, I, I think part of it was just that you didn't shoot well. I, I don't think it was guys that were really being selfish. We, But it, it's in order for this team to really move forward, really I think more of what it is is that every you, you have to get consistent production across the board. It cannot be – I mean, we're saying, look, it, it's, it's on Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott. Oh, yeah, no, those guys have to be the leaders of this group. They have to be the guys that when you need shots late, make shots. But you need other guys across – like, you, you need Pete Nance – you need Leaky Black. I mean, Pete Nance, I say that because we know Pete Nance is going to be out there in, in a pretty large capacity. We've, we've been saying we don't understand it. He will be out there. Um, but Puff Johnson, we need him to step up. We need somebody to, a, a couple of guys here, to emerge on the offensive end of the floor. Because, again, I go back to it. That's where Carolina's losing these games. It, it, it really is. And even the other night. I mean, they let up 80 points to Miami. Man, this year against Miami, that that's a good outing. And where did you really fall apart? Was that stretch that you had early in the second half where you couldn't score, you couldn't match what Miami was doing on the offensive end, and that completely changed the game. So that that's what I think, you know, coming together and, and, and playing for each other involves at this point is just you've got to get more production on the offensive end of the floor. And as we saw the first time against NC State, that's going to be a key to Carolina winning on Sunday in Raleigh against the Pack. Yeah, because the, the, uh, the thing about it is State's gotten much better since they lost to Carolina roughly just a little, just a little under a month ago. Um and in this environment, I, I, I'm comfortable saying, look, Carolina's played uh, in in Charlottesville. They've played in Durham. Uh, this might be their toughest road test of the entire season. Uh, it, 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 you know, PNC always gets up for when Carolina comes to town, but given the magnitude of this game where State actually enters the game as their ranked opponent, they they understand that a loss to care for Carolina in this game really makes it hard to envision a pathway for this team making the tournament, that place is going to be amped, and they should be because 
They've got a really good basketball team that's coming off a really tough defeat earlier this week at Syracuse. Um, State also right now, when you look at at NCAA tournament projections, Joe Lenardi has an has them as an eight seed, and um, you know there's going to be a lot of teams that if if, if they wind up on that eight line, nobody's going to want to see this this state team. And we've we've been talking a lot here recently about the team that's the best in the conference. I'm on record saying I think that team's Miami, uh, and, and I still think Miami's the best team in this league. Um, but I do think NC State's right up there with Miami in terms of the way that they play. It, when, when we get into a tournament setting, which is really dictated off of matchups, it's you know if if, if NC State winds up playing in the second weekend, not many people are going to be sitting here surprised because we've seen up close just how good this team is. They're really good at home. Their only loss at home this year has come against Pittsburgh, and if you look at the ACC standings. The team that leads the ACC is, in fact, Pittsburgh. And so that's not that's not a bad loss by any means. So they've taken care of business at home against the likes of Duke, then where they ran Duke out of the building. They've beaten Miami at home. Um, and, and, and so it's going to be really hard for Carolina to go in uh, to this building and win. They've got balanced scoring on offense where they've got four guys that average double-figure scoring led by Terquavion Smith's 18.3 points, 3.4 rebounds, 4.6 assists. He's shooting 38% from the field and 34% from three. We're all glad that he was able to go out and party after the loss to Carolina earlier this year and continue his stellar play. His backcourt mate, Jarkel Joyner, 16.1 points, 4.8 rebounds, 3.7 assists. Uh, he's shooting 42% from the field. 35% from three. Casey Morsell, kind of the guy that really makes, really takes this offense to another level. 12.8 points, 4.5 rebounds, one assist. He's shooting 48% from the field, 43% from three. Then the big guy, DJ Burns, 12.3 points, 5.1 rebounds. He does average 1.6 assists while shooting 57% from the field. Uh, and something that really caught my eye. State averages 64.2 shots per game. That's seventh most in the country because this team, they play with a lot of pace and they get up and down. And because they full court press, they they really force a lot of turnovers. And the thing that's really made this team, in my opinion, so much better over the since we last saw them has been the emergence of DJ Burns. Um, because he's a guy that it's really kind of just hard to guard him. Carolina kind of learned that the hard way where, you know, he, the way that he moves, he's got nimble feet, he can get to the basket. But the way that he, he he plays with the ball down low and pulls it up into a shooting motion, it's like a big man version of James Harden. He is so suspect to draw other guys and get other guys into foul trouble. And, and he really just unlocks a lot of different things for this NC State offense. And, you know, kind of like Carolina has been at certain times this year, State's been really, really good at home. I mentioned they ran Duke out of the building. They beat Miami in what, in what was a really fun uh, high-scoring game as well. Carolina is going to have their hands full with it with a team that, first off, is really, really good. They're they're playing even even after coming off a loss the other night. They're playing with a level of, of confidence uh, that we haven't seen from them yet. And given the fact that the way the, the, not only do they lose the first game to Carolina. 
But the way they lost with the controversial hard foul on Traquavion Smith, followed up by Armando Baycott's post-game antics that a lot of people got offended by, this team's going to be motivated to send Carolina not only home with the loss, but with a home with the but home with the loss that could eventually keep this team out of March Madness. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that I, the 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 stuff that you mentioned at the end, I think, means a lot more to the fan base than it than it does to the actual players. I don't think that um, a- anybody over there thinks that Leaky Black is is really a dirty player. Anyone within the program, we heard. You know, head coach Kevin Keith say as much. We heard to Quavion Smith address it. Um, and, you know, then we we also heard, um, you know, I, I mean, from from multiple other guys that that they didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, and then in terms of, you know, the the stuff with Armando, that that is apparently I, I did not know this until just recently. The sunglasses thing is something that they that, that everybody in the locker room does for DJ Burns. I, I don't really understand what the background is to that. I don't follow NC State enough, nor would I really ever want to. Um, but I, I it, it's so I, I don't really know. I know DJ Burns and Armando Baycott have some sort of back and forth, what whatever. Um, but either way, I, I think you know th- this is just going to be a big game regardless. Um, for state, yeah, this is a chance to finally get over that hump. Uh, I mean, they're 0 3 uh, against Hubert Davis. Uh, so uh, Hubert has gotten off to a tremendous start against them. Uh, they are a much better team. And look, at this point, I-, I think, you know, we still had some questions about them when Carolina played them in the first matchup because it was still early in the conference season. Um, we've, we've seen NC State before have starts like that and sort of fade back into some mediocrity. Well, that's not what's happened with this team. Um, they got they, they can score the ball. Um, this is going to be basically a continuation of what you saw the other night from Miami, where they have guards that can score and score at a high level. Um, to Quavion Smith, Jarkel Joyner, two guys that drive the basket extremely well, but they also shoot it well um, from the outside. Both guys shooting 34% from deep. Casey Morsell, as you said, um, we, we saw it in the first game. He hit a lot of big shots, and that's going to be the thing that Carolina's got to be aware of in this one. I mean, he shoots 43% from the outside, and he averages nearly six three-point attempts per game. Um, so he is going to be incredibly dangerous, and that's the thing. How do you deploy Carolina's guards defensively um, along with Leaky Black? How do you sort of mix it up with these guys? Because it's going to be tough. All three of these guys have the ability to score and score at any time. And then you talked about DJ Burns on the inside. Uh, we saw it, you know, firsthand in the first game. Yeah, early in the game, Carolina did a good job defensively against him. And I think that Armando Baycott knows he has to bring it. But, you know, look, DJ Burns is a guy that can do some unorthodox thing, unorthodox things with the basketball um and he yeah as you mentioned he is incredibly tough to guard no matter if you're in position or not um so you know carolina's got got a big task on their hands and then you add in the fact that jack clark is now back and is going to start he started you know he started the last two games for them he was out injured in the first matchup so that's a new element that carolina has to be aware of in this game and it allows state to be a little bit deeper you know, this is a quality basketball team. Carolina's just got to find a way to come out here and play their game now. 
I, I mean, look, they, they have to be able to take away some of the things that state's going to want to do on the offensive end of the floor. But the other thing is, is that, you know, their guards at times have, have struggled kind of like Carolina's guards with efficiency. Um, so you, you, when it comes to them, you know, just force the, force them, you know, to have to take some of those outside shots. That was their big issue in the game against Syracuse the other day was they couldn't hit shots from the outside. Um, but Carolina can't either, and they, they've got to find a way to play this game at their speed. I, I think the biggest thing is, honestly, for this game, wh where where is the mentality of this NC State team, um, and where is the mentality of this Carolina team? Um, for NC State, they, they have to shake off the fact that they just have not been able to beat Carolina. Um, and the stats show that, and, and at this point – you know, Carolina has to feel like they have their number. But for Carolina, they can't really be worried about that coming into this game. Um, they have to feel that they, they, they have to come in and, and just look at this as we, we need to play with a, a sense of desperation here because our season is on the line. So it'll be interesting. There's a lot of different things that go into this matchup against NC State, and it's why this one has a chance to be an absolute classic. Um, in in this in PNC uh, Arena on Sunday. Yeah, no, it does figure to be a fun, hopefully a fun afternoon. No matter what, it'll be a highly contested and highly competitive game between these two teams that frankly don't like each other. Let's look at this matchup uh, from the Carolina perspective. As we mentioned, Carolina just sixteen and ten, eight and seven in the league. Uh, according to Joe Lenardi, he uh, he has Carolina among the last four in. They're second on the list right behind Kentucky, which uh, shouldn't surprise anybody because if this committee can have a play-in game between two of college basketball's premier programs, uh, that's going to happen. Um, but as I mentioned, stuff around the country was, you know, with, with the emergence of Northwestern. I mentioned that Texas A&M win last night. Um, th that type of stuff will play a factor in how all this stuff does eventually shake out. Uh, Carolina now down to there's three guys averaging double-figure scoring, led by Armando Baycott, 17.4 points. He's averaging 11 rebounds, all while shooting 57% from the field. Caleb Love, 17 points, 3.4 rebounds, 2.9 assists. He's shooting 39% from the field, 30% from three. And then you got Pete Nance, or, or not Pete Nance. I wish it was Pete Nance. Uh, <laughs> R.J. Davis, 16.1 points, 4.9 rebounds, 3.3 assists. He's shooting 43% from the field and 34% from three. What we like to do whenever Carolina is playing the second matchup against an opponent is go back and look at the first one. And this first one that Carolina won back in January that improved them to – 14 and six overall and six and three in the league. Man, those were those were really fun times back in January. Um, you know, Carolina scored 80 points while while shooting just 37% from the field and 2020 and 20 22% uh, from three because they got to the foul line a whopping 39 times, made 36 of them. Um, that's 92%. And they out rebounded NC State 42 to 27 in a game that had 43 combined foul calls. I'm gonna go ahead and just point it and, and and say this 
right off the, the rip. Uh-oh. Um, Carolina's not shooting 39 foul shots in this game. Um, that's just not going to happen. They're not going to get – there's not going to be 27 foul calls on NC State. Um, and Carolina can't expect to go into the game getting that that, that many foul calls. But they still got to play with the same level of aggression. That was the thing about that game was that, you know, Carolina just simply put their head down and they got where they wanted to get to on the court and they forced the issue. And with that, they put a team that leads the ACC in fouls committed per game. They put them in foul trouble and it put Carolina at the charity stripe uh, for a whopping 39 times. And you ask, why is that not going to happen again? Look, we know how these things go. When 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 these two, when when a team plays an opponent twice in the first game, if there's a glaring free throw discrepancy like there was in this one, it, it it doesn't happen in the second game, especially if the team that benefited from all the fouls is this time going on the road. And so the ACC is going to make it known to these officials to not allow such a glaring free throw disparity. And, and so with that, Carolina's probably going to have to overcome some stuff. Because there's probably going to be some obvious foul calls in this game that simply aren't going to get called. And they can't use that as an excuse if that's why they end up losing. Because if Carolina comes out and they leave it all on the court and they play with a hundred well, they play 40 minutes with a hundred percent effort and they lose the game, I think it makes it easier to swallow. The problem why why we're so frustrated with the record, is from the fact that Carolina hasn't played hard and they haven't competed hard for 40 minutes and then they wind up losing games they shouldn't lose. This wouldn't be a bad loss. This wouldn't be an unacceptable loss. This would just be a tough pill to swallow because you're losing to a a team in a program that you hate and disrespect as much as any other team you play on your schedule. And so, you know, I I think Carolina's got to have the right mindset in this game to where – You know, you come in here and you play with that same level of aggression and you force the issue like you did in the first matchup, you still might not get the foul calls you got called in the first game, but it it, it will still lead to a lot more positive results on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, I mean, look, you're you're right. They're they're not going to be as tight with the whistle uh, as they were in the first game. Um, and to be honest with you, I mean, for Carolina, you're hoping that's not the case because we've seen here o- o- over these last few games, we've started to see Carolina have some issues with foul trouble, um, primarily Armando Baycott. Uh, I mean, look, he picked up four fouls in the first six minutes of the second half the other night. So, you know, I, I think you're, you're what, what you're trying to say, though, is, look, this team needs to take, especially on the offensive end, you need to drive the basket. Like, but you need to do everything that you can to try to get in the lane and get to the foul line. Because, look, we talked about it early in the year and even in early in conference play. Yeah, getting the ball inside to Armando Baycott is, is a big key. There's no doubt about that. But the other thing that Carolina did so well early in the season was they were able to get to the rim and either draw fouls or finish there. And both of those things have taken a major hit here as they've come down the stretch of the season. 
Um, they've, you know, clearly part of it is that teams have started taking away those driving lanes. Um, really, they've just been packing it in in the paint and just daring this team to shoot it from the outside, which, I mean, if you look at these guys, the way they're shooting right now, who could blame them? Um, but the other part of it is that they haven't finished well at the rim at times. They've had opportunities there, and they haven't been able to capitalize. That has to change in this game. You you have to be able to get to the rim. When you get there, you have to be able to finish, and you have to occasionally be able to draw fouls. Because if you can make this a game, you don't have to go to the free throw line 39 times. But if you can make this a game where you can get to the free throw line 20 or so times, then you're going to have a good chance to win this game. The other thing is, though, is that another area where Carolina has struggled as of late has been at the foul line when it's come to making their free throws. They've gotten there, you know, at times, they, they, you know, the other night against uh, Miami, they got there a few times. Armando Baycott is, is the main guy when it comes to this, where they've gotten to the line. They just are not capitalizing once they get to the line. In order to win this game, especially because I think this is going to be an incredibly close one, regardless of who wins, Carolina's got to make their free throw shots. So, yeah, I, I think it's all about the mindset that Carolina takes into this game because if they're willing to settle for shots outside, it's going to be a long day for this team. It is going to be more the same of what we've seen for the entire season unless you've just got Caleb Love and R.J. Davis on a freaking heater. And right now, uh, that, that they're not coming in off of their best games of the season. So, uh, it's it it's got to be a mindset thing for this team in, in, in a multitude of different ways. And right now, it, it's it's weird, but I, I think there's an uncertainty about just where this, the, the mindset of this team is at, especially after, you know, hearing the uh, post-game presser comments from uh, guys like R.J. Davis and especially Armando Baycott after the other night. Yeah, and the and the, the the worry or the sad thing about it is that shouldn't happen two games after you have a come-to-Jesus moment like this team had after uh, they went to Wake Forest and decided to not compete for the first, you know, 35 minutes or so of that ball game. But uh, that's where Carolina is right now, and, and there's really not a whole lot more that can be done about it. This team's just got to – they got to find a way, kind of like they did last year, to go out there and win some games no matter how pretty – or how ugly they may be. So with that, guys, we've set the scene. We've told you everything about NC State. We've got you up to speed on Carolina. Even took a look back at the first matchup. Now it's time to give and in, get into the keys to the game and pick the game. But before we do that, we're going to give you this message from DraftKings. And when we come back, we'll continue to break down this all-important game with NC State on Sunday on the Four Corners podcast. Back after this message from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with 
the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is, do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are using DraftKings to make all of your bets, whether you're betting on the NBA, college hoops, hockey, in the MLB season, which is right around the corner. Let's dive in now to our keys to the game for Carolina. And the first one I have has been on the the, the sheet for about two to three weeks now, and that's shot selection. Um, because when Carolina takes smart shots, they play and look like a good team like we saw against Clemson last Saturday. Uh, when they don't, you, you see a team that has lost some games that, um, they probably shouldn't have lost, but even against games that, you know, the losses made sense, maybe out of Duke at home against a really good Miami team. Had Carolina taken better shots, they they had also put themselves in a position to win the ball game. And so the tricky thing about this one is the way that State presses and the way that they trap, it does make it that much more important to Carolina that they take quality and smart shots because with the press, it probably means you're going to get into your offense, you know, with already, you know, 20 seconds or, or, or even less on the shot clock by the time you break the press and get into your offensive set. They like to trap the ball when it goes into the corner. So Carolina has got to be mindful of that because uh, defenses are, are funneling teams to or, or funneling Carolina to settle for corner threes because Leaky Black just isn't good enough to make them. And, um, you know, so I think the thing is for Carolina is this game has got to be about attacking inside out, inside out, inside out through Armando Baycott with your guards, Caleb Love and RJ Davis, and let your offense build off of that. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's one thing that the Carolina traditionally has done so very well under Roy Williams, where they, they attacked inside out. And then that opened up better three point shots. Uh, last year, because of the, the change when the coaching staff to Roy Williams to Hubert Davis, we emphasized perimeter shooting. But right now, these guys just aren't good three-point shooters. Um, and the numbers do reflect that. So it doesn't behoove them to come out there and shoot 31 three-pointers. Um, so Carolina's got to make sure they're taking smart shots. And the other thing about it is, you know, if you settle for long shots – that are contested, they lead to open runouts the other way. And we talked about this state team already shooting the ball 64 times. Well, they're going to shoot the ball a lot as it is. I'd hate to just give them wide open runaways and and, and layups and dunks and get what's going to be an already raucous building all that much more louder and all that much more intense. I think that's something we'll be able to really determine by the first TV timeout of the game is did smart Carolina show up or did not smart Carolina shows uh, did, did, did not smart Carolina show up and if 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 not smart Carolina shows up it's going to be a long 2 hours uh for this podcast host yeah not smart Carolina not my favorite Carolina by any stretch uh 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just – it's so tough because you're at the point in the season now where, I mean, yeah, it's easy to say play inside out, but, I, I mean, teams are teams are just taking it away from you because you just you, you just got nothing outside of the, the your three main guys right now. There, there is nobody that can make shots. Even those guys, even R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, I mean, they're not consistent when it comes to shooting perimeter jump shots. It's, I mean, yeah, they, they've got to get more creative on the offensive end of the floor of how they are going to free guys up in the painted area. That's that's the main thing at this point is that you've got to find ways to get baskets inside. You've got to make it easier on these guys because, as I said earlier, literally all the teams are doing is they are just packing the paint and daring you to – make shots from the outside and it's not happening. So yeah, I mean, shot selection is definitely going to be key because I think one of the things that this team is still doing at times this year is they are taking themselves out of, out of rhythm on the offensive end with poor shots um, with, with rush shots. I think, and I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's crazy, but to me, I mean, look, I, I, there will be opportunities to get easy baskets quick or, and, and early in the shot clock. To me, you you got to try to slow this game down a little bit. You got to limit the amount of possessions that NC State is going to have. And there's other ways to do that. We'll talk about one of those ways coming up that is a key to the game. But part of it is that you you just have to take smarter shots. Move the ball around. Find something that's there. You've talked about it all season, about passing up a good shot for a great shot, which just does not seem to happen with this team, especially, you know, re really since this team has gotten into conference play. So I I, th I think that's, you, you as you said, the biggest thing when it comes to why this is important, if you take poor shots, it's going to lead to long rebounds and it's going to lead to runouts, which as we've seen, we saw it against Duke. I'm going to tell you right now, Duke, they, they have guys that are more athletic than in years past. Man, NC State is one of the most athletic teams that you are going to face this season, especially those two guards in Smith and Joyner. If you give them the opportunity to run off of misses like we've seen Carolina do at times this year, it could be a really, really long day for Carolina. So, yeah, it's it's about shot selection. But he, I, I think at this point, too, it's it's about shot making. You you you've got to you got to make shots. Like I, I I know you could say, well, they haven't been going down all year for them. What makes you think that they're going to start going down? I don't know. I don't think they are going to start going down necessarily. But in order for this team to make it to the NCAA tournament, in order for this team to push and actually have a chance, Franklin to was a lifesaver. It really was in the NCAA tournament. I, I I don't I I just there there is no other way possible for Carolina to to do that than making shots. They they have to. It's it's a non-negotiable at this point. You've got to have dudes that can start getting into a rhythm on the offensive end. I thought maybe that game against Clemson would get some of these guys jump started, especially Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, who looked like he was maybe getting back into a rhythm that he was in earlier in the year. But I don't know. I, I really don't. So we're we're going to have to see. 
that so I think it's really a combination of those two on the offensive end of the floor is shot selection and shot making will lead to Carolina having a chance to win this game. Yeah, the, the second key I have, and it really just falls right in line with the shot selection, it's Carolina's got to win the painted area. Um, and and that, that, that really just starts with a commitment to putting the ball inside. Uh, for those of you listening that to listen to the interview with Debbie Antonelli, there's got to be a commitment or, 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 or a recommitment, that is, to playing through Armando Baycott and just letting him go to work. And I know some people think he doesn't have post moves and, you know, all this type of stuff. He's a below-the-rim player. The thing about him is, is that he's still your best option on offense because if he misses a shot, he puts himself in a position to go and grab his own miss. And how many times has that been Carolina's best offense has been attacking on second-chance opportunities? And, you know, he, he took six shots the other night, like, that's just that's just not enough whether he's in foul trouble in this game or not. The ball has got to go through him um, from the from the start of the game all the way through the end of the game. But then there's got to be this 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 a, a point for R.J. Davis and Caleb Love to say we're going to start attacking the basket and and then attack on other areas on offense from there. Then step up and for R.J. hit that mid range jump shot for Caleb Love. It's that floater that, you know, is a really inefficient shot, according to basketball nerds, but for him, it's an effective shot. And then allow that to become, then allow their three-point shooting to build off of that. And, and, and you know, hopefully Pete Nance and Leaky Black and Puff Johnson, they can add a little something to you as well, because if Carolina wants to sit out here and chuck 33s, they're going to lose the ball game. And they're probably going to lose the game in blowout fashion. They were four of 18 from three in the first matchup. Um, they made 16 shots from inside the arc, and then they made 36 foul shot or 36 foul shots to get to 80 points. And so you got to find a way to kind of circumvent. You're not going to make 36 free throws in this game. You wouldn't imagine, but you can replicate that production by by living at the rim and scoring either off of layups or misses or something like that. I think that's going to be probably the most important thing. Maybe even even more important than than the rebounding for Carolina. If you look at the box score and see that Carolina didn't outscore NC State in the paint, I don't think that lends to a box score that looks like a win for the Tar Heels. Yeah, and look, that's going to be easier said than done because this is a team that's going to want to play downhill with their guards. It's a team that has big guys that can score inside. They're 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 built very similarly to what we thought Carolina was going to have to be and what Carolina was at times last year. So that that's the recipe that Carolina has to has to live by. Um, and, and yeah, you 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 said it multiple times already that they are not going to be at the foul line as often as they were in Chapel Hill. Well, I, I get that, but you still yeah you have to be aggressive and try to get there as often as you possibly can. Um, like you said, the shots are not falling from the outside. You hit 15 against Clemson. Great. You were five of 31 from the outside the other night. And at one point you were one for 22. So you just have to be smarter. You, you have to play this game inside out. And yeah, Armando Baycott, I mean, to take six shots, I don't care that he was in foul trouble. He wasn't in foul trouble the whole first half. 
So, and, and part of that is Armando has to be more aggressive himself, demand the basketball a little bit more. The other part of it, though, is that sometimes these dudes just ain't even looking for him inside. I, I don't get it. Um, it hasn't made sense to me all year. But that's something that has to change right now. And, yeah, it, it, my thing is, is if you're going to the rim and it's still not working offensively, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be as frustrated as if you stand out there and keep shooting threes over and over again. Look, I understand, and there, there were ones the other night that were good looks. Carolina just did knock them down. Like I said a minute ago, those shots have to go down. But there's other ones where it just seems like this team is forcing it. And it's not shots that are late in the shot clock. They had a couple of those the other day, but it's these shots with, with you know, 18, you know, 14 seconds still left on the shot clock. And it doesn't make any sense. Why are you forcing something that early in the shot clock? It just, that drives me insane. So I think for, you know, for Carolina, you have to make sure that you win inside. And this also pertains to the defensive end of the floor as well. You've got to do a good job of protecting the rim. You've got to do a good job of defending without fouling inside because, yeah, this is a game that's on the road. Game's going to be called a little bit differently. And it's a team that, you know, in Carolina has struggled uh, to defend without fouling here recently. So uh, we'll we'll see. There's a lot of different things, you know, that go into this for Carolina when it comes to winning the paint. But, it is it is a crucial part of this game for the Tar Heels if they want to find a way to win it because this is a team in NC State that uh, if you are not careful, they will go to work on you inside, and uh, it can make for a long day. The last key for Carolina is to limit their turnovers um, because, as I mentioned, State's going to full-court press. They're going to trap. They'll throw in a zone uh, in there from time to time as well. They're really just a – a, a very good, diverse defensive team that's going to throw a lot of things at Carolina. And Carolina's got to be smart with the ball. They got to value um, possessions in this game um, and, you know, really just limit the amount of run out dunks uh, NC State can get in this ball game. You go back and you watch what happened to Duke when they, they lost in this building in January where they didn't make a, a basket for an extended period of time to start the game. They just turned the ball over, frankly, and they just led to to run out dunks and layups and transition threes the other way. And so by the time they even got their feet settled, the game was pretty much all but over. And, you know, that's capable in this one. If Carolina comes out lackadaisical and they're not valuing the ball and they're, they're, not, they're not making smart, crisp passes and stuff like that, then State's going to go out there and they're going to have a party. And it, it, you know, the, 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 there's a chance that before Carolina even catches their breath or whatever, or even sweats a little bit, they could be out of the ball game. That, that that's how dynamic this team is in the open court. And so this is a game where you know I often say ten to twelve, I'll live with. Carolina's got to be ten at the max. Um, you know, I you sick, you know, anywhere from eight to ten, I think you can live with. Um, but anything more than that, I I think could just be a death sentence for for Carolina and. If, if Carolina, if, if if that becomes a death sentence in this game, it might be the nail in the coffin for their postseason hopes. Yeah, and look, that's a that's easier said than done. This is a team at NC State that is 46th in the country at steals with 8.3 per game. And opponents, 
this season have turned the ball over 13.6 times per game against them. So, yeah, Carolina's got to take care of the basketball. They did it the first time. Um, but this is a team that here as of late has started to turn the ball over more and more. Um, and it's really the, the, the it was an early season issue that Carolina sort of got ironed out. But now it's it's starting to show back up these just egregious live ball turnovers that lead to easy baskets for the opponent. And when you combine that with what we talked about earlier, the poor shot selection that leads to long rebounds, I mean, it, it, it just makes for a, 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 a horrible recipe uh, against this NC State team um, if you're not careful. They will be able to run the floor and – I think that's the thing that Carolina has to avoid in this game. Cause yeah, we we've seen it from teams that aren't nearly as athletic as state when they get easy baskets, it's really hard for Carolina to be able to keep up. They're just not a team that's built to do that this year, not with the guys that they have on the floor right now. And so I, I think that's, that's gotta be part of the recipe is just holding on to the basketball and being smart with it. And look, Honestly, there's no excuse in this game. Um, you you have two guys that have been playing for nearly three years now in this system. Uh, yeah, you'll have times where you'll have to put Seth Trimble on the floor, but his time probably will be limited as it should in this game. Your, your two veteran guards, along with Armando Baycott when he gets doubled, and even the other guys that are out there on the floor, especially Leaky Black, and Pete Nance, who are both fifth-year fifth year seniors, you, you just have to be able to hang on to the basketball and take care of it. you got to be smart with the way that you're moving the basketball and passing the basketball. So we'll see. Uh, it, it's something Carolina has had trouble with at times this year, and I think you're right. that That is a bad, bad cocktail for Carolina in this game if you combine poor shot selection with turnovers At this point, I I really don't have much confidence that Carolina is not going to take those poor shots at certain times. So to me, I think it's more important than anything to limit the turnover, something we've seen them be capable of doing at times so far this year on Sunday against NC State. Carolina enters with a 37.9% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's matchup predictor and um you know look I, I think the obvious I mean I think it's clear that NC State right now is the better team I think it's you know going on the road in this conference has been proven to be a really difficult thing for any team so far you know the same for Carolinas they've won just twice away from Chapel Hill so far this season um but I, I I do think Carolina wins the game because, frankly, because if not, the season's over. And, and I think as much as Schubert Davis tells his kids and his players to block out the noise, whether it's negative or it's positive, I think they're aware of the stakes on Saturday to where if they go into this building and they lose, it's going to be a really a hard uphill battle to, to find the, to to see this team competing in March Madness, where if you win this game, it doesn't serve like it did for the Duke game did a year ago, but we're like, you know, you were all but assured. But look what the win over Clemson did to Carolina's seed line, according to Joe Lenardi. It changed it drastically. 
this type of win can do it again. And then Carolina's schedule from here is rather manageable because you've got a bad Notre Dame team, a bad Florida State team, two teams that you should be, and then you've got Virginia and Duke at home, two teams that I, th- I feel like in our building we feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident that Carolina will be able to beat them in the second time with those matchups. And so, I mean, this is just a pivotal game for Carolina. I mean, I, I think I think it swings the NCAA tournament needle one way or the other, whether you're in the field or you're out of the field. And so I, I think you'll see Carolina rise to the occasion. I wish I could say that they were going to play a good, clean, confident game. It's really hard to say that given the way this season has gone so far. But I do think they find a way to get the job done. And right now, that's what's most important. Right? You know, I, I often talk about I care about how it looks and, and in building and stuff like that. That crap's out the window now. I just want to win, and I think this team will find a way to do that and, and, and make us feel a lot more positive about their chances to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you're you're right. At this point, it, there is no that there's no resume wins. I mean, in terms of how games look, it, it's the resume wins are winning games. It doesn't matter because, yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, look at the end of the schedule here for Carolina. Um, I mean, the the three games that we think are crucial, NC State, Virginia, and Duke, uh, all of those teams are better than Carolina. There's there's no there's no way around it. Um, some of those, uh, or really one of the, yeah, NC State, if you would have told me that in the preseason, I'd have probably laughed at you. Keep in mind, I was a dude that at NC State finishing last in this conference because um, I just thought this this was a team that uh, you know would wouldn't be able to bounce back from last year, especially after losing one of their best players, uh, if not their best player from a year ago. But I'll be damned. This team has had a really, really good year. And, yes, there's extra motivation in this game that Carolina has to be ready for. Uh, first of all, I'm, I will I will never pick NC State. That will never happen. I, 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 I don't pick them in anything because they are, as we've seen multiple times before, a complete failure as an athletic department that will never change for them. Um, and, and I, I just, I would never bring myself to pick them in any capacity. Um, but I really do think Carolina will win this game. I, I think you just look at where this game comes after the Miami game. Like, yeah, the other night, that was a really, really tough loss in terms of what it does to the mindset of this team. Going up against NC State, probably the best thing that could follow a game like that Um, because this is a team that, you know, Carolina, look, you could say whatever you want about the rivalry with Duke. You could say that this isn't a rivalry or whatever, you know, fans have said that in the past. Man, everybody knows that this is one of Carolina's rivals. And as Roy Williams, you know, has said, multiple times he has more disdain for nc state than he has for duke Uh, and i think you've seen guys on this roster that have you know uh, taken on the same mindset especially armando baycott so i think this is one of those games where you're going to see armando step up you're going to see other guys uh like rj davis um, I'm hoping, you know, Caleb Love can step up yet again. I thought, you know, the other night against Miami, I thought he got out to a good start, but then it, it sort of shifted back into the guy that was heaving up Hail Mary shots, and it changed the course of the game for him. If he can 
you know, take on that mindset of being a guy that plays downhill first in this game, getting to the free throw line like he did in the first game. I, I think he has a real good shot to have success in this one. So I, I think Carolina will be able uh, to do some of those things that they were able to do in the first game. Uh, this is a team that, as I mentioned, in NC State, you know, coming off that loss to Syracuse, that was a game where they did a lot of things similar to what we've seen from Carolina so far this year. Now, again, that came against the zone, and I don't know, maybe Carolina at some point, if they're struggling, goes to the zone just to try to give them a different look with how bad they struggled the other night from outside. Um, but I, th this is still a team. Their two guards at times uh, play a, very similar to uh, both Caleb and RJ in terms of how many shots they put up with not a ton of efficiency. So I, I think Carolina, th th they are going to have a chance in this game to really prove themselves to not only the NCAA tournament committee, but also to the fan base that they're still invested because I think a lot of people were scared with what they heard from Armando Baycott the other night. I know I am. Um, that's not the mindset that you want to hear from the guy that we've looked to as the biggest leader for this team that has talked about how he would die for this university. Um, that, that was scary for sure. And I really do think that there is going to be a big response from this team. And yeah, as you mentioned, this is their last stand. We cannot stress this enough when this comes to this game. And it's part of the reason why I think they win is that they have to know that this is it. If you lose this game, I, I think it's over. I really do. I, I don't know how you recover from that because if you can't win this game, I know, you know, Virginia and Duke are at home. I would think you could still have a chance to beat Duke because I think Duke is just a team that uh, offensively, they're the shooting-wise, they are not a good basketball team. But I don't if, – if you can't beat State in this game on the road, I don't see any way that you're going to be able to beat a Virginia team, even though it's at home. Um, that is going to be – that 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 shut you down offensively already once this year and will probably have uh, the, the means to do it once again whenever you face them uh, later on in the season. So this is absolutely crucial for Carolina to get it done in this game. I'm with you. I I, I think they do, but it's going to be a nail biter down to the end. And it'll be very similar, I think, to that 2014 matchup in PNC uh, when Marcus Page hit one of the more famous shots in this rivalry. So we'll 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 have to see it play out on Sunday. Uh, no matter what happens on Sunday, nah, I'm lying to you. If if Carolina wins, we'll be here to cover that game. If they lose, I'm not making any promises. Um, because that 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 might be my last stand. Um, if, if Carolina were to go and lose this game. But in all seriousness, no matter Carol the result on Sunday, we'll have you covered. Uh on the website that's healtoughblog.com where you'll find a game preview and a game recap for Carolina as I continue to take you through the remainder of the basketball season. And as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up where we then encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any edition of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. With that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go.
Go Tar Heels and go to Hell State.